Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you, sir. It's good to have you all here. I want to just for a few moments, first of all, welcome everybody. And uh, really nice turnout tonight. Thank you. Thank you for making this, um, this evening an important part of your spiritual journey and your training. <clears throat> I'm to believe that God wants to train us each and every day. Uh, give, us, uh, give us insight into his word. <clears throat> and um, Jesus said um, in John, book of John, he said, my words are spirit. John the sixth chapter, I think it's verse 63. My words are spirit and they are life. Let me say it again. God's words are spirit and they are life. They're not of the natural, they're of the eternal. Now, we, uh, as you know, you have an outline that was handed to you. If you don't have an outline, um, if you don't have an outline, uh, raise your hand. We'll make sure you get one. All right, we got some down here in front. We got Bruce backslidden up here in front. He needs one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ashes. We appreciate that. Now, before we even get into that, I have a couple of things I want to share. And of course, you know, time is the, is the enemy uh, of every service. And because I love to take some time to worship Lord. How many of you come and worship God for a few moments? It's important that you prepare your heart. Uh, it's all about that. Uh, the message that John the Baptist had was prepare you the way of the Lord. In other words, hey, make his path straight. What does that mean? Make a way for him to enter your life. And straighten your life out. Because life can be real messy without Jesus. Amen. But I wanted to address something out of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And uh, if you want, got your Bible or you got your phone or your laptop, I'm going to just for a moment share a, a, just a few moments on a subject I think is a cr- critically important that ties in with discipleship. And um, we've de- desired, you guys, it's just amazing. I just want you to know. We're not surprised, but we are always amazed how that when God is speaking to us about something, he's speaking to other ministers about the same thing. And um, there, are some, uh, there are some larger, significant ministries that we deem, you know, that are really touch a lot of people in the United States and over the world. Uh, God is speaking to them about discipleship. Discipleship is not a bad word. And uh, we'll define it here in a few moments and what it is and, and how uh, that God wants you to grow from babyhood to adulthood spiritually. And so that, that, what is the difference? Well, spiritual maturity is you just simply accepting the responsibility of what God says in his word and you walk it out in your life. No excuses. Say no excuses. Yeah, the world always excuses themselves and puts the blame on someone else or something else for, the, for the, what they're facing in life. But I, I guarantee if you'll accept responsibility for, your, responsibility for your own life and you yield to the counsel of God's word, not only will you be liberated and set free, you'll be qualified to liberate and set other people free. Come on, give God a good shout. Isn't that right? I'm sure I got one excited brother here in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, isn't that right? Now, in Ephesians 4, the apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he says, wherefore he, that's Jesus, saith... When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Amen. And then he'll say what these gifts are. Now, there are more gifts, but we'll just talk about these here in a moment. And he gave some apostles and some prophets 
and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints or for the growing up of the saints um, for the work. Why? For the work of the ministry. See, sometimes we think that the minister is to do all the work of the ministry. We pay the guy, you know, he should do our work. No, we're here to train you so that you will build up the body of Christ. Amen. That's your calling. Amen. And he says, um, uh, for the work of the ministry, why? Uh, what's the results? For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, that's why the enemy attacks your life and specifically attacks families and definitely attacks churches. Why? Because when we're unified as one, uh, uh, then the, the anointing of God uh, is multiplied in that unity. Right? If one puts 1,000 a flight and two puts, puts 10,000 a flight, can you imagine what a church united can do in the realm of the spirit and in the realm of other people's lives? Amen. Now, we all know that all of us were part of families, the family structure, and every one of us know and recognize that, uh, you know, we're all family, and the reason, uh, and reason we stay together as a family is because love is what keeps us together, the exercise of love. Love covers two or three sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Can I have an amen? Anyway, I don't want to get off here, but no, this is the... The uh, New Living Translation. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Watch this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. And how is this achieved? And we'll look at this another scripture here in a moment. It's achieved through something called the ministry, uh, uh, called the ministry gifts or ministry. Every one of you have gifts on the inside of you. Every one of you do. Everyone. Now, you may not know what they are at this moment, but you do. You've got, you have spiritual gifts on the inside of you that God put there. Amen. Gifts or special abilities, uh, things you can do. There are some people, you know, for instance, I'll just give you one example because uh, we were talking about it earlier. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. How, how many here definitely cannot play piano? Okay. So most of you uh, are there. I mean, some people not only can't play, they can't even hear a note. And so, so, therefore, that gift isn't there. Now, we have heard instances where somebody has sat down on a piano and the anointing of God comes upon them and they play, you know, something. But that is very, very, I mean, that is, that's one out of a billion. Mostly, God gifts you with things that you can do. But listen, but even you can do better with his help. And, and not only that, something that you can develop and even get better at. Amen. And so, so this ministry of helps, it's interesting. The word helps in the Greek, is, 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 it means relief. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It means relief. And I thought that was good. Because sometimes life can be extremely hard, difficult, challenging. Come on, everyone. Or is that just with me? It, yeah, it just, it's just part of life. If you're going to build something for God, adversity is going to be there. Uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it doesn't end there. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Nonetheless, it's there. So it's challenging. And so God gave us ministry of helps to bring relief or ministries of relief to bring, to bring blessing and profit uh, to the body of Christ. So since God birthed the church in the book of Acts... Even before that, remember when in John 4 where Jesus said, 
He said, he prayed, he said, pray that the Lord will harvest, will send laborers. Even the Lord lacked help. He had these 12 disciples. One was, a, one, one was of course, Judas Iscariot who betrayed him, but all the others, the rest of them denied him. But, uh, so he didn't have much help. But it's amazing what he did with their help. Amen. He knew that he couldn't hand out uh, bread and, and, and fish, you know, for uh, 50 or 10, 15, 20,000 people. It would take the help. It would take help. Can I have an amen? amen? And now, how many agree that it doesn't take a lot of spirituality to hand somebody a piece of bread? But it does take obedience. See, the Lord at that moment wasn't looking for talent. He's just looking for willingness. Somebody who just said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up some and hand it out. Okay? Because uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 25, he says, if you're faithful in the little, the Lord will make your ruler over much. And one translation says, the Lord will make you responsible over, over more. Amen. Amen. It means the work's still going to be there. It's just going to be there in a greater measure. But because you have developed your skill and you do it better, praise God, you make a greater impact on those that you're ministering to. If you agree, say amen to that. So God has always needed that. Now, it's amazing this story in, there's a story in Luke the 14th chapter, we've shared on it quite often, where a master made a great supper. And the Bible says that he went and called all his friends. He sent out a text and saying, hey, supper's at 7 o'clock, and I've made a great supper. I mean, a great supper. Amen. Somebody got it by email. Somebody got it by text and, and whatever. And so, and the Bible says, all of them, say all of them. All of them. Yeah, all of them. All of them, the Bible says, all of them had an excuse. And they were actually called cares, okay? They were family cares. They were business cares. And they were worldly cares. They all did. All of them did. And that excuse is still today to get people involved. And because, you know, you know, Angie knows this. She's been with us for almost 30 years on staff that we can't pay for everybody. I mean, you can't pay every job. You just cannot afford, uh, uh, you know, 50 people on staff to do everything that you're called to do as a son or daughter of God and especially a servant of the Most High God. Amen. 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 I'm glad you got excited about that. Say amen. amen. And so we can't. It's impossible. In fact, you know, we've got plenty of staff. Sometimes I think we're overstaffed. But, but we want to make sure that when every service comes, that we have done everything we can to prepare God's presence so that he can minister to his people. And we've got wonderful staff. Most of our staff are very young, and, and yet they're energetic and, and want to work hard and, and, and do what needs to be done. So that's a blessing. So but my point is, is that... Um, uh, and oh, I wrote this down. Every one of his friends, the master's friends, every one of them excused themselves, listen, failing to recognize the value of what the master had prepared for them. See, I believe with all my heart, if you get involved in ministry, whatever level, and I'll mention a few of them tonight, if you get involved in ministry, it will benefit every aspect of your life, especially spiritually. So that when you do leave here on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning and that Monday comes and all hell's coming against you because you have no idea what's coming, God has already equipped you for what you're going to face. Give God a good clap off you if you believe that. Come on, get excited about it. Yeah, this is important. Amen. See, we think, we literally have busy, we have created, um, and, and the Lord said that the, in, in, in talking, and we're going to talk about this on Sunday, about the parable of the sower. Jesus said there was one point where the distractions of the age choked God's word within the heart so that the heart became unfruitful. 
And so we have distractions today like never before. And so, uh, so they failed to recognize the value of what their master was offering. And it grieved his heart so bad that he says, forget about these. I want you to go into the highways and the byways and you compel the lame, the blind, the halt, the crippled, the, you know, the, the people that literally in the sight of, in the sight of modern, you know, in the sight of the average uh, person, they're, they're the low lives. They, they don't, you know, they, they're the crippled. They, you know, they, they're not very useful. He's, you would, and they all came and they all came. Why? Because they recognized their need for what the master was providing. And, and the Holy Spirit told me this not long ago, just a few months ago, maybe a year ago, he said, he said what was amazing, all his friends that were invited, they were lame, they were halt, they were crippled, they were blind, they were, uh, but they never recognized it. She had come to church, and if you don't recognize the, how desperately uh, uh, crippled you are, how broken you are, how weak you are, if you don't recognize that, then you won't value what the Lord has to offer you. How many are grateful the Lord offers us everything that we'll ever need? Even in every service, he really will. Well, anyway, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, I don't know if you have that verse up there, Crystal, thank you. It says, now you are the body, say, I'm the body of Christ. Yeah, you are the body of Christ and members, the Bible says in particular, and God has set some in the church First, now he lists these now. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and, and after that miracles, and then gifts of healings. Now look at this next one, helps. Say helps. So he set in the church something called helps. Now what's interesting, let's finish reading, and then we'll comment on this. Governments, diversities of tongues. Now are all apostles? No, they're not. He said some are. But some are this and some are that. So, but every sum is important. Okay? So, um, are they all apostles, all prophets, all teachers? Are they all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healings? Uh, to every one of these, say no. no. Because they're not all. Some are, but not all. See, we think the music ministry is the most valuable thing. Uh, in, in church, in, or t- some people think, you know, up here playing guitar, you know, is the most valuable thing, you know, uh, or whatever being seen, you know, and, and yet um, uh, any a, a children's worker, a volunteer in the baby nursery is, a, to me, a far greater value than that, but they're all valuable. Can I have an Amen. They're all valuable. Let's, let's finish this. So, but, so covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet sh- I show you a more excellent way. And of course, he talks, he's talking about the God kind of love. But what was interesting is this helps, helps is listed right in the center of all these spectacular, spectacular manifestations of God. So obviously, helps is just as important. Amen. Amen. Just as important. When somebody greets out here, that's just as important as the minister laying hands on someone. Amen. Amen. I mean, just, I just want you to know, you know, the open door outside, people greeting outside, just as important as the guy preaching up here. Everybody has a part to play. Amen. Say this out loud. I have a part to play. <laughs> so here, let me give you a few ministry of helps needs because they're, they're, they're literally, they're just as valuable. Listen, and I mean this, just as valuable as the fivefold ministry gifts, you know, that we just read. 
or even they're just as valuable as the nine gifts of the Spirit. They're just as valuable as the motivational gifts in Romans 12. Just as valuable. No. Here's some of them. There are needs we have. And, and I get this, and I know, don't talk about it much, uh, and, uh, but I've been getting harassed by uh, you know, staff that we, we need help. Say, we, say, say pastor needs help. Pastor needs Amen. Help. More importantly, God needs help. But here it is. Children's ministries, youth ministries, open door ministries, greeters ministry, music ministry, sound booth ministry, lighting ministry, coffee shop ministry, bookstore ministry. And just one-on-one ministry, loving people, encouraging people. So all these are areas that we lack constantly in. And what grieves my heart a lot is, and I, since I'm the pastor, I know you don't get offended at this, but what grieves, what grieves my heart about people is that if they commit one thing a month, they think they have, they, they, they have, uh, they have ultimately, they've done the greatest thing for God. I think sometimes, you know, people get, Whatever. Everybody has a different opinion about things. So do I. But, you know, you see people successful and prospering. But maybe you don't know. You don't know what preceded all of that in their lives. Yes, some people, business people that are heathen prosper. I'm, that's just part of life. But I'm, but I'm talking about, you know what the sacrifices they made to get where they're at. Even ministers, you know, you see people minister prospering, you know, and blessed in life. Well, isn't that funny that the Lord said, there's no man that hath left fathers and mothers and sisters and whatever, whatever. Well, not in this life, for my gospel's sake, one of this lifetime receive a hundredfold. And then they get it and people get mad. And yet, what would you be happy with? Would you be happy if we lived in a trailer house? Would you happen if we lived in a garage? I mean, just you stop and think about the, the things of life, what you, you know, people struggle with. And, and uh, why don't you just get busy for God? So watch God bless your socks off. Hallelujah. Because you, you put him first. Can I have an amen? That's true. So all these, all these areas, we need, we need, we need, we need help. We, and we need help. But to serve once a month, to be a greeter once a month, you think that's sacrifice? Oh, my goodness. And then there's people that have been here many years and quit serving, haven't served for many, many years. I don't know if they feel that they've passed the test or qualified and they're retired. There's no retirement in the ministry. Amen. Maybe I should quit. I'm already in trouble. But it's just everything that you hear is a test of your own heart. That's what it is. It's, it's God testing your heart to see, to, you know, to see hey, what's going on inside? Because I'm telling you, you should be involved. You should be involved. Everybody, the whole body fitly. He didn't say some of the body fitly joined together. He said the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supplies. And so, you know, um, I remember Richard, Richard's here tonight, Rick, my, one of my closest friends. And he, he, would, he waited, I don't know, Rick, how long you waited to serve down there with... Um, uh, in the church when you were at Ramah. He had a, you had to wait a long time. He had to qual- I mean, he went through, I mean, you almost went through purgatory to get to serve. I mean, <laughs> you went through a lot of training just to, you know, just to get in line to serve in the church. There were so many people in line ahead of him. Well, that's the way it should be. Amen. 
there should be such a long line of people for every area that we have that you, that you just have to pray to God. A door opens up for you to serve. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ephesians 4, 16. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. And each part in its own special way helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So, now you really, here's the deal. You you don't have to be, you don't have to pray about being involved. You don't, you don't have to pray about that. It's the will of God. You don't have to pray about it. Not at all. And just simply, so I don't know what you do, but I mean, just start out in simple things, just easy things. You know, when Vicky and I started Faith Family Church, even before we did that, I had a, I had a trucking company, and I, I worked hard. You may not know that, but I did. At one time, you know, remember when I started trucking, I weighed 126 pounds. Yeah. Well, I had a lady in church. She was precious. She's in heaven now. She said, yeah, I, was, I weighed that when I was born. <laughs> but I was just, just really, uh, but I was strong for my age. God knew that. And I was in the trucking business there for owning a, a Mayflower Moving Company for, for all those years and, and uh, worked hard, yet was involved in the church. And even when I was on the road, Vicki was raising two girls at that time because we didn't have Andy. And, um, and uh, she helped involved. And you know Pastor Vicki, she, she was involved. And so that's why today, you know, we have family serving God and we have, you know, a lot of you serving God, praise God, because we, we showed that we would never do anything, never do anything that we haven't done. That's why Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He did that because he wanted them to know. He wanted them to know that he would never require something of them that he himself wouldn't do. And, and did. And did. Because washing the feet was the lowest form of subservience in Jewish culture. Amen. So I just wanted to encourage you, and I didn't mean to take so long, praise God. Uh, Randy, it's your fault, Randy. I just got distracted. And, uh, but I, no, I, just wanted, I just wanted to encourage all of you, not to offend you, not to hurt you, but to let you know how valuable you are. I'm serious about that, yeah. And, we, yeah, and I mean that, and that we need you involved. We need you, we need your talents, we need you involved, praise God. And if you haven't been involved for a few years, get involved, amen? Help, help, make this church the best it can be so when people enter this auditorium, they will experience the love of God and the unity of God and the power of God. Give God a great clap offering if you enjoyed that, Amen. Just for a few moments, we'll start this out and introduce it, and we'll keep going. Again, discipleship. We wanted to, um, uh, the Holy Spirit really began to touch um, uh, the heart of both Vicki and I regarding uh, this subject and how that we need to train people to train others. Amen. Amen. And that's why you're here tonight. You want to learn, you want to learn biblical soundness, the foundation of God's word so that you can impart that to other people, especially those in the body of Christ. Can I have an amen to that? Disciple, I just wrote this down. Discipleship is this. It's teaching, instructing, and imparting to new or spiritually young believers biblical truths that will aid and assist them in their growth from babyhood to spiritual adulthood. That's what it is. It's just helping people grow. 
Uh, when Vicky and I, when we were first married, we had a Bible study every Friday night. And um, we had, um, uh, we just listened to uh, uh, tape cassettes. Thank God we got out of reel to reel just in time when we got saved to tape cassettes. And we had play a tape cassette every Friday night from Brother Copeland and, um, uh, and uh, uh, change our lives. Amen. And then we'd discuss it. And we didn't know much, but we learned with everybody around us. We knew we didn't have, we didn't know we didn't have a, the corner on revelation knowledge, but what we did know, we shared with others. And by sharing with others, it, it, it got revived in us and it got revived in us and we began to grow and keep those things in us so that anytime we're around other people, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All of a sudden you're speaking things from God's word you thought you'd never, ever learn. Isn't that beautiful? Because you keep rehearsing and keep talking about it. <clears throat> Amen. So we're going to start tonight. There's going to be a phone number up there. Uh, the one thing I love to do is answer questions. And there's got a phone number up there. You can text that phone number. It goes to um, um, Austin. And then we'll, we'll if, 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 what? Yeah. And then we can, at that point, um, we may not do it this week, but for sure next week, we will take questions to that. Because this is new. There's a lot of material. And and, and I knew we wouldn't get through it, but Matthew 28. So let's start reading a little bit on this, if you'd be so gracious. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, this is him after the resurrection. He comes in to the disciples who are hiding, uh, afraid that they'd be killed any day. And he says, all power is given unto me. Say all power. power. Say it again. Amen. All power, Jesus said, is given to me. Well, if he's got all the power, the devil ain't got any of it. Isn't that good? All power is given unto me in heaven and earth, so go ye therefore and teach. Now that word means disciple, or make disciples of all nations, or all ethnicities, all peoples, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And everybody say amen. amen. Yeah, Jesus promised that. So his, he, the great commission is go you, go ye. Now Mark's gospel says preach the gospel to, the, to all creatures. But here specifically, uh, he says teach all nations. That word teach means disciple. Disciple all nations. Um, disciple all peoples. Well, you can't disciple. So you can, you can share Christ with people. And, one, and, and that, that's the sharing the good news with people. And once they respond to that, or you can have opportunities to share with people. Listen, you should never argue the scriptures. If someone wants to argue the scriptures, then they just avoid it. Because if they're going to argue the scriptures, then they're not teachable. Then you're just wasting your time. Or if they start arguing, for instance, if you're teaching on salvation, yeah, but what about this tongue stuff? I just don't believe in that tongue stuff, you know. And, um, well, here's the deal. Again, very simple. I'm Norwegian. If you're teachable, you're reachable. But if you argue, then you close yourself for what God wants to show you. Amen. And um, uh, because he wants you to have everything of his word. Because it's for your personal profit. Even the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't reflect your maturity. It, what it does is simply reflect the fact that you want everything that God has for you so that you can be equipped to address the warfare of life. Amen. Amen. And uh, John 8, 30. Then Jesus said to those Jew Jews who believed on him, Now, if you continue in my word, 
Then are you my disciples. That word means pupils. It means learners or students, indeed. And you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what was interesting, when I read that, uh, Randy, I wrote this down. I immediately thought of this scripture in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, where, um, uh, you know, the disciples were hanging out with Jesus. And because they didn't realize, but the more they hung around with Jesus, the more they sounded like Jesus. Right? And it's true. If you hang around, you know, you, you, go, you go to work and you hang around negative people all day and every day, all of a sudden you don't realize it, but that's getting on you. And that's why there's a parallel, a type and shadow uh, of Old Testament um, practice to New Testament revelation, and that, and that is this. When the priests were going to enter into the holy place to minister their, their Jewish duties, they would go first at the altar of sacrifice where they would take the blood, uh, the blood of the animal, which would, which would, which would be the um, illustration of someone dying for their sins. Then they'd go before a big bowl of water. Uh, that's why if you've ever been to a Catholic church, they have, they, we kind of, you know, joke or whatever, if you've ever been there, about holy water. Well, that, all of that is Old Testament. And, but they would take water and wash their hands and their feet to cleanse themselves from the filth of the world before they went in to minister. And boy, I tell you, that's why we come to church. We want to try to shake off and get rid of all that negativity and all that depressant news. Can I have an amen? All the stuff, you know, all the negativity that comes on us and so, we, so, so that we can leave refreshed, <laughs> revived. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you agree? Does it help you when you come to church and you leave, you, you know, you leave, you know, kind of, hey, wow, I'm glad I came tonight. I got something from God. Very important. Amen. Here's the scripture. The members of the council were amazed when they saw this, the Jewish council, when they, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So they say, how many people around you to recognize that you'd been spending some time with Jesus? Amen. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? That's what God wants from you. He wants you to be... See, that's what a Christian is. A Christian is a... a um, everything you say, you have to be so careful because people are stupid. Uh, not you. They're just out there. But your Christians, your little Christs, your children of God, you are a reflection of God in the earth because Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Can I have an amen? That's what I'm trying to say. Jesus says, though they're in the world, they're not of the world. Keep them from the evil one. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? John 17. Pray. Read that prayer. Read that prayer because it's a beautiful prayer of intimacy between the heavenly father and Jesus when he was on the earth. So we want to be Christ-like. That's what Christianity is. And yet we know that just the desire alone doesn't make you Christ-like. Because I've met a lot of unchristlike Christians. Now, I don't want to be one of them. Have I been in times? Of course. Every one of us have. But I don't want to be that. And it takes a lot of discipline. That's what discipleship is. It takes discipline in your life. Not to just open your mouth and just say stupid stuff. It takes a lot of discipline in your life so that you just don't uh, carry out what you're thinking. Can I have an Amen. 
That's what the discipleship is discipline. It's saying, I am uh, a part of the army of God. If you've ever been in the military, my goodness, they beat you in shape. You become disciplined so that when an order is given, you don't question, you carry it out. That, that was interesting about the military, you know. They, they make you dig a hole, and you're going, why in the world are we digging it? No questions asked, just dig it. And then after you dig it, they say, fill it back in. Wow, that was wonderful. That was productive. <laughs> but what it is, is just simply teaching you to listen, to obey, to follow through. Why? Because when you're getting shot at on the front lines, and you, you've learned to listen to the captain who's in control, you, he could save your life because you responded immediately. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says, go back to your outline, uh, on the day of Pentecost, which is the 50th day following Christ's resurrection, Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, stood up and decreed both the death and resurrection of Christ, and then he ended the message with this, this is Acts 2, it shall come to pass that whoever, whosoever, is the King James, whoever calls, invokes, makes an appeal on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. He said that. Guess what? And 3,000, probably more, there were thousands of people there, but the Bible says when they heard they were pricked in their hearts, that, that's the King James, they were, conviction pierced them inside to let them know that they needed Jesus. Now listen, that was 3,000 years of Judaism saturating their souls. But yet, yet, listen, the anointing pierced through all of that and got to their inner man, praise God, to let them see they needed Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? That's how you got saved. The Holy Spirit pricked your heart. Amen. But, but guess what? And you all know it tonight. Uh, wouldn't that be wonderful once you're saved that everything, I thought that when I got saved, I really thought that every problem in life was solved. I thought, man, this is this is heaven on earth. Well, it, it, it was to a measure. Heaven was on earth inside of me, just like he, he is inside of you. But not realizing it, you know, again, I try not to. I try not to give, I try not to give any credit to the devil. I, I really don't. I, uh, I really believe with all my heart, I believe the scriptures. This is an opinion. Jesus stripped, Colossians 2.15, he stripped the devil of every piece of armor that he had, leaving him armorless. He's a defeated foe. His nature is in the earth. The Bible says he, he walks to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking someone to devour. He's a defeated foe. He's in the earth. He's always been here, but he really is not after you because you're not that important. He's after big guns. He's after preachers. He's after, uh, you know, this brother Copeland, you know, uh, uh, we couldn't give this information out because they asked us not to, but now it's out, so I'll tell you. You know, a lot of times, you know, you look at these preachers, you know, you know, uh, you know what, do they ever have any problems? Yeah. Kelly, their daughter, Kelly, um, uh, had a, Kelly's daughter, I don't mean confusing, but we all get grow old it's because it won't be long, you know, it just, our grandchildren won't have children, it just goes that fast. Well, Kelly, their daughter, has a daughter, got married, and had a 
beautiful son and at two and a half years old, uh, as they were fellowshipping at grandpa's house, he's got a pool in the backyard, the little two and a half year old crawled off the chair, they didn't realize it, and he walked out and fell into the pool and drowned. Two and a half years old. That just happened about a month ago. So, you know, you can be stupid and talk about these men and talk against them, or you can be empathetic that uh, they go through the same hell that you go through, but I think even in greater measures. Yeah. I mean, we've had our attacks, and I've told you this, you know. Uh, thank God Amy, I don't know what, you know, she's been pretty uh, protected through the years, but Angie, you know, she was in two severe car accidents, and uh, you don't know that she had 50, 50 stitches in the top of her head because her head was driven into the, into the arm of the mirror. Yeah, she was in the back seat, flew into the front seat with her head driving right into that mirror spike that holds the mirror on the windshield. And uh, she, just a few inches lower, she could have, you know, went into her head and killed her through her eye and stuff. I mean, God has watched over her supernaturally. Uh, we've been spared. I said, we've been spared. Amen. Andy just fell off, not nothing like she, what she went through, but yesterday Andy was biking over to, to our house uh, on a bicycle and had no idea. Uh, he woke up later. They found him laying in the middle of the road. He crashed his bike. Don't even, he can't remember a thing. Yeah, they, it, the doctors said it was severe concussion, but thank God no bleeding in the brain. And he's all, he's all you know, black and blue. And um, thank God. Amen. I mean, I, I said, thank God. We didn't get a call that, you know, some lady found him laying in the middle of the uh, street and, um, and uh, shook him and he came to and they helped him to his feet and took him home. They knew him. They happened to know him three blocks away and they took him to the house and and Kayla to go to the hospital. But thank God. Thank God. Thank, I, thank God he didn't have a bleeding brain and, and go into a coma and die. I mean, you, I'm just saying. Because uh, that happens. So I'm grateful. So God has watched over our lives. Watched over our grandchildren. I'm so grateful for that. I don't, I, you know. So don't. Man, always pray good for others. Always pray that. You know why? Because then others will be praying good for you. Praise the Lord. Can I have an Amen. So discipleship is important that you're, you know what you know so that you can impart those things to other people. So when people ask you something about salvation, you have both an intellectual and a biblical response to them. Amen. That you don't have to, I really don't know. You don't want to be that way. You want to be spiritually educated to give people the right answers, especially young Christians that are struggling. I wanted to read we got to close. Can I read just one scripture? Go to Isaiah 5. I don't even know if it's on there. But Isaiah 5. And, um, and then we'll close and we'll carry this on. I apologize. I'll, I, I hope you got something out of this tonight. I, I, I apologize if I got rattling and, and just wanted this to benefit your life. But in, in Isaiah the fifth chapter, and I didn't see this till just a few years ago. It's amazing how you read things, and I did not see it till just a few years ago, that when Isaiah writes, and of course now I know it, and it's true regarding every book in the Old Testament, God was always addressing his people, the children of Israel, okay? Just want you to know that. And every prophet would prophesy the dilemma they were in, why they were in it, and then God in his mercy would give them the answer for their deliverance. How many want the answers for your deliverance? Amen. Amen. 
And so, but look at here. Verse 20 of, I don't know if you have it up there, Isaiah 5, verse 20. It's, now, this is the King James. Now, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe. Now, watch this. I didn't know this till just a few years ago, that Isaiah was addressing the children of Israel. He was not addressing the nations around them. He was, so Israel had come to a point, not, and the reason we're, we're close with this thought, they came to a point, and we are today in society, in the Christian society, people are coming to accept the fact that, uh, that you know, uh, uh, if people are not living the Bible way, that's okay. There's nothing, you know, there's, that's okay. You just love them. You know, that's okay. I'm talking about Christians not walking the Christian life. Amen. And so, let's finish this. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, are prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Seems, seems like today um, a Christian socializing is now drinking wine. Whatever. I... I'm not there, but whatever you want to do, I don't care. It's just that one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to another thing until the thing has you. It's just, why? Because we're habitual people. And I'm not talking down on anybody. I'm just simply trying to help encourage you to, to do everything you can to equip yourself spiritually so that you're not, that those vices don't conquer you. And today we have a society that's so sexually perverted, so messed up, it just grieves my heart of the things that our children are learning. I mean, that, you know, it, it's just so bothers me, the, the perversion, the sexual perversion and immorality that are, that's, um, that's plaguing our school system, uh, all in the name of freedom. Uh, it, it just saddens my heart. And the children at 10 years old are talking about sexual things that they didn't talk about years ago. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was more, yeah, it's just, we just living in time, man. We got to get established in the word. I'll finish this. One of them, well, uh, oh yeah, one of them that um, uh, drink wine and, and mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteous of the righteous, or they justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. So he was saying there are people in Israel that wanted to walk upright and walk with God, but they would be attacked by those that were twisted in their thinking, ungodly and wicked, and, and condemn them for their righteousness. Isn't that something? So I wanted you to read that. I wanted to read that to you. Uh, um, so um, it, verse 24, 5, it says this. Therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word 
the holy word of God. Isn't that something? He's just simply saying, I'm sorry, God was saying, I'm, I don't even want to say this, but they're going to end up reaping what they have sown. And so if there was ever a time that you better know what God's word says, because God's word, literally, it will, it will not only keep you, it will not only keep you, but it will, it, it working inside of you will set other people free so that they don't have to suffer with what people are suffering today with. By your head, I'm going to pray. Musicians can come and I am. Um, We'll get into more of this. On you can read it. You can meditate on this. Bring it back with you. Uh, uh, there's three pages. There are just information that's inspiring and thought-provoking and and uh, educational. I'm talking about spiritually. Amen. But I want to pray for you tonight. The thing we've tried to do, kids. I want you to know this. The thing we've tried to do through the years, I mean, I, and we have, we, we have, we've succeeded at it. Haven't achieved everything, you know, like, but we've achieved some things in, in this respect. We have never taken the Bible out of context to try to make it say something to conform to the culture that we think is right. We, I don't want to do that. I want to have my eyes open so that I can see what God is saying in the days we're living in. Don't you want that in your life? That you have eyes to see what God is saying in the days we're living in. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're not, if this is true, whether you like it or not, not going to get political, but you tell a lie long enough, the lie becomes the truth. All the fear mongering, all the stuff that's going on today, you better stick to the word of God. You better know your savior. You better know the great physician. You better know the deliverer. You better know him. You better know him because he really is the divine protector, the divine deliverer. He really is. And I'm just going to tell you this. It's just because you catch something or because, you know, you, you know, whatever's going on around you, uh, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it doesn't mean that you missed God or, remember, you only attack twice for, you know, in life. It's for obeying God, not obeying God, right? I mean, it's, so obey God, then he graces you to get through whatever you got to get through. And when you hear someone sick, the stupidest thing to do is, I wonder why that's going on. God, what a moronic thought. What you should say is, oh, Heavenly Father, I ask you to bring healing and deliverance to them in Jesus' precious name. Why would you pray such a thing? Because when you're there, you'd want somebody to pray that over you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.